What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird. And Randy. And you're tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of GTB. This is our first episode back after a little hiatus, a baby hiatus. A little baby hiatus. A baby hiatus. And if you're um, watching this live on, or not live, if you're live, (laughs) I'm too excited for the VPR reunion. I'm like talking in terms of Um, But if you are watching this on YouTube, you're going to see that Mal is um, with us. She has decided to be carried into this interview because you can do that when you're newborn. Um, But yeah, Randy and I are here. We're so excited to reconnect via Zoom. Um, And today is a really exciting episode, I think, personally, because I'm going to be kind of interviewing Randy or at least talking about how she managed to go from, I mean, you're still a pharmacist, right? But transitioning into starting your own business, which I think is like a whole topic, right? Even if it was a pharmacy business, I'd want to know about it. But making a huge career shift, going from pharmacy to photography. And I think that's something that so many people want to do. Like we get so set in our ways of, I went to school to do this thing, especially for you, so many years of school to do this thing. Um, And now I'm going to, take a total 180 and there's a lot that comes up with it and so kind of like giving ourselves permission to do that and all those things so I am so excited to hear from you Randy hi I'm good I'm it's it's kind of a a fun story to share I think so yeah Mm -hmm. I'm excited to chat about it yeah yeah so I'm really curious because you I mean you were a pharmacist at the university for 12 years right yeah, 11, 10, 11 years, I think, is what it ended up being. A long yeah. time. Like, that's a long time. A long time. Yeah. And, and you were at one that one place. You didn't go anywhere else, right? Right, right. And I thought I was going to retire there. So, yeah, it was a, definitely a big, big change and not something that I ever envisioned. Mm. So what what was the turning point for you? Like, at what point were you, like... Well, first, I'm curious, when did the idea even come up at, like, I want to get out of this or I want to make a career change? And then what was kind of like the um, that big aha moment, if there was one for you, where it's like, yep, I'm doing it. I don't know. Was there how did it come? I think it was like with most things, it was a combination of things. Um, I think early on, like. I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, I'll say it was, you know, pre-COVID, I had noticed that I was just dreading going into work. Mm. Um, I, the things I enjoyed most about work were the things that I could just do on my own time. And Mm. I wasn't um, like looking forward to seeing my patients. I wasn't like I was just sometimes I was like, gosh, I hope this patient cancels. I'm just not feeling it. Like that was happening more often than not. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time I could kind of just chalked it up to like, that's work. That's what work is. You know, it's not going to be like something you love. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people, you know, that are fortunate enough, it can be. But for me, it's just this is how I make money. And this is what my life is like with a job. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think when... Um, COVID kind of shut everything down and everybody was, you know, non-essential employees were, hi, Molly. (laughs) Um, Baby coos. Don't wake up, fingers. (laughs) Right. Um, But when people who are non-essential were able to like slow things down immensely, I was so jealous, Mm. like so... um, angry almost and like resentful that like I had to keep going um because I was in healthcare and obviously that's such an important thing um and I don't discount that at all but just for my own personal life 
I just wanted to slow things down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did to some degree, we were able to work from home a little bit, but it was still very, very structured. Um, and then kind of coming out of COVID, the workforce is just completely different. It's so flexible and so accommodating. Um, and that it has shown to actually make people more productive and be happier with their jobs um, or their careers. And unfortunately, in my situation, what I had wanted to do was to maybe go part time so I could kind of explore is is photography going to work for me? Cause it was a passion and I knew I wanted to, you know, try it as, um, kind of a career change, but I didn't want to go all in cause I was a little bit scared. Um, so I wanted to go part-time, um, and I wanted some flexibility and unfortunately it just was not viewed that way. It was kind of viewed as you just don't want to work. Mm-hmm. You're lazy. You don't want to work. Um, and that made me feel very unvalued as an employee, Um, and so that's really when things started to shift for me, you know, not only was I not super happy with my job, I just also then started to feel really unvalued. Um, and you know, I could probably deal with one of the things and, but not both. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so, um, that's, I think when I really made the decision, like, I just have to, I just have to step away. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was super fortunate. It's not lost on me that, I was in a very fortunate position financially that I could do that because mm-hmm. um, that's not an option always. But but yeah, that was definitely um, a culmination of all the things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can totally see how I feel like once we start to kind of, I don't want to say resent our employer, but where, because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big phrase to use. Yeah. We had ask a question or suggest something that we know is going to improve our lives and improve, like you said, our productivity and how we show up at work. And it's just completely shot down as like, no, that's not an option. It's kind of like, Ooh, like, so you don't, do you really care about me? You know? Right. And I think too, especially as somebody who also works at the university, there's a lot of talk about like, we we care about our employees and all uh-huh. you know and, I, and i'm sure some people feel that and i think a lot of it probably comes down to who your supervisor is and all of that and your department and what exactly you but yeah the moment that we start that that decision is made where it's like oh i don't really feel as valued it's hard it's hard to then continue showing up every day especially mm-hmm. when it sounds like you were already burned out you know like right you're already showing some of those symptoms of like not wanting to you know not yep. being excited to to go to work every day. And that's kind of that first indicator of like, mm, something ain't right here, you know? Exactly. And, you know, I think that's all about communication too. You know, I'm an understanding person. And if, you know, what I was requesting was totally unreasonable from a um, workflow standpoint or, right. you know, a need standpoint, that's different as, you know, if you can communicate that to your employees. But um, I think being open to having those discussions and involving them in the conversations about is this possible why or why not that makes such a difference in making them feel valued and heard which ultimately is what employees want first and foremost um and then you know that trickles down into all of the other things um but that reminds me you know you mentioned me feeling burnt out and i absolutely was um but that was kind of another turning point for me too um was that I was like, why am I so burnt out? Mm-hmm. As far as pharmacy careers go, I couldn't have picked a better job for me as a pharmacist. There are so many different ways you can take and use a pharmacy degree. Um, and in the position I was in, I was working directly one-on-one with patients and collaborating with physicians. I was not in a pharmacy. I was not dispensing medications. I was actually working as part of a team. Um And, you know, of course the hours were great. I was, you know, a Monday through Friday, eight to five type thing. So it was just perfect for me. And so I kind of was like, why am I not enjoying this? You know, this is what I went to school six years for. Um, So long. That's literally (laughs) how long I've been like out of school. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's the minimum these days. Now it can be, you know, even more eight, 
at least. So, um, but I think what I ultimately figured out is that, and I figured out, you know, a lot of this in my adulthood in other aspects of my life as well. But um, a lot of what led me to pharmacy school was doing what I thought I was supposed to do, Mm. you know, um, because I was good at math and science. Obviously, that's a great choice. You know, I knew it was going to be medical school or it was going to be pharmacy school. It was going to be something along those lines. And I had an interest in it, but I never allowed myself to explore anything but those types of Mm. career paths. Um, And not even to say I explored them much. You know, I just, like I said, was good at those things. I had a family friend that was a pharmacist. I shadowed her once. I was like, this is cool. And that was that. <laughs> and yeah. I knew it was going to make me, you know, a decent amount of money as an adult. And that's important. And um, so I just, as a child or, you know, young adult in high school, and even as a young adult in college, I never allowed myself to really think about like what the heck I want out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even, um, and I can say this because I'm, super happy in my marriage and with my kids and everything, but I never actually sat down and thought like, do I want to get married? Do Mm -hmm. I want to have kids? Because that's just what you do. Right. Go to college, you get married, you get the dog, you get the kid, you know, like that's, that's the path they followed because that's what I was supposed to do. And I love it, but I just, and you know, it's not something I ever actually thought about. Mm. And isn't it so weird how, because it sounds like, again, what we talk about these societal expectations, it was almost like we, oh, little, <laughs> little baby noises, little baby noises, <laughs> just background noise, are not inserted with the, <laughs> the editing app that I use. Um, <laughs> but it's almost like we allow other people's or societies, whether it's like teachers or parents or, you know, just again, society at large to tell us like, or t- we follow those those recommendations or expectations or you know what they say more than we do ourselves like oh you're good at math and science you should be a doctor or a pharmacist or an engineer like okay but then we take that on as ourselves Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's really interesting and then how then we go to college and it's so weird because it's like this is the time to explore and to find out more about yourself but as an 18 year old you need to determine what your major is going to be. And that's going to decide the trajectory of the next four plus years. Like, yes, you can change your major, but for so many students, and I see this with students that I work with, they get to maybe like sophomore year even. Mm -hmm. And they're like, if I change my major now, like if I was pre-PT and now I want to be, you know, go be a PA, a physician's assistant, I will have to stay in school for an additional year and that's X amount more money. And it's so it's, it's such a wild thing. It's so contradictory because it's like we sit them down and we say, decide what you want to do. And then we tell them, but you can change your mind at any time. And it's like, but can we, you know, like they, it's not that easy. Um, and so I feel like that that's kind of like what what you're explaining, too, is, you know, sure. give yourself that time to explore other things. For sure. And I like that you mentioned that you kind of take it on yourself because I never, never at one point was I like, uh, my parents or my teachers were like, you have to do this. It's just what I thought I had to do. I never even second guessed it at that point. Mm-hmm. It's just now in hindsight that I look back and I'm like, why did I not think this through? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's like, I think they call that like sunk cost mentality or whatever. It's oh. like, I've already put so much time and money into this if I switch, then I've, I've lost all of that. Um, and I think there's such like a less now, but there was, and still is a little bit like some stigma around changing your mind and changing your major and all that stuff. Um, like everybody should just have it all figured out and just like get through college in four years and be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not, not the way it is. Yeah. And that puts so much pressure on, on students too. And when we talk about like, I mean, on the, you know, the subject of burnout. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Sorry, Mel. It's something that we like, again, in my work, we talk about all the time is just, 
I'm seeing students who they're not just going and pursuing a four-year degree. They also, you know, they're double majoring and they're getting two certificates and a minor and they have two internships and a practicum and they're like all of these things. And it's like, okay, so what do you do for fun? And it's like, right. besides partying, right? Like, how do you get involved in ways other than just related to your major, you know? So yeah, I think that, that, that pressure and again, that pressure for adults too, then after we graduate to stay in the, you know, mm -hmm. the degree path that we've set for ourselves, whether it's, you know, immediately after graduation or five years down the road when we realize that I don't like this as much or this isn't what I thought it was going to be or I have an interest in something else or, you know, the job outlook isn't as good as I thought it was going to be like there's all that pressure of just not changing your mind. And that goes yeah. for other things too, right? Like I even think about in the field of health and fitness, like I, when I made the switch to like an anti-diet mindset, there was a lot of, criticism. Yeah. but then when I kind of backed away from it a little bit, because I, you know, my mind changed or my opinion changed, there was yeah. criticism there too. So yeah, this idea of like deciding and sticking to it, and if you don't, you're a quitter or you didn't try mm -hmm. enough, like all the stigma attached to it is, yeah. But especially when it comes to college. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think like when you mentioned kind of like changing your mind about your opinions and stuff, like that's just, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing is like learning more and then changing our mind about what we yes. think and what we want. Like that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's how you grow and you know, develop as a human and right. try new things and learn new things and how we become better too, you know, like, sure, we can change our minds and become worse humans. But I mean, that's how we become better people too, is learning new things and doing better. So um, yeah. yeah, I feel like we could have an entire episode on that. Just seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm curious. I mean, I mentioned like, you know, you were fortunate enough, like financially that that wasn't like a huge barrier in making um, a change because I mean, you set yourself up for success and same with like your husband and everything. So, I mean, you've worked hard to get where you're at, where you are, where you are at. Um, but I'm curious if there were other barriers because you mentioned that like you first had the idea five to six years ago, but you didn't make the change until what year was it? Was it 2020? It was what, what year is it now? 2023. So I left officially. I started my business, like got my LLC and stuff and decided I was at least going to do it on the side um, in August of 2021. And then I left my full-time position in May of 2022. Okay. So what were some of the barriers? Like I'm, I'm assuming that just everything we just talked about was a barrier, but mm -hmm. like what, what was it that kept you in the pharmacy world for, I don't know, like maybe three to four years thinking about photography before you actually made the switch? Like, were there any, were there any barriers that you faced to, to getting started with photography, even just like part-time? Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons that, well, I struggled first with, I love photography. So do I even want to make it a business? Because will I still love it if it's a business? Um, and I can definitely see that doing it as a business now where I just don't feel like I have the time or the energy to do it creatively mm -hmm. as much as I did before. Um, but I still love that that's my job right now. And I love doing that. So I don't think it's, you know, it hasn't made me hate photography by any means. I still love it. So, um, but that was my initial concern and why I didn't do it for quite a while. And then, um, Obviously, you know, even though I, I was able to step back um, and financially we were okay, that still was a big concern. Yeah. Um, you know, how are we going to make this work? And um, I mean, we were able to make it work because my husband employs me now part-time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the books for his business. And so um, so that was, you know, part of it too. I, I didn't just completely stop working. That was not an option. Mm -hmm. Um and even before I decided like that I would leave, um, do the books and do my business, those two things, I was furiously searching on LinkedIn for jobs, like rapid fire reply or um, applying to jobs for months. Um, 
and that didn't really lead to anything because LinkedIn is just like a sea of, you know, so many applicants so and things, many things. <laughs> so many things. Um, but you know, it was just kind of like, it kept me like going, like thinking there's going to be something that's going to stick and land and that's going to be perfect. Um, were those things that jobs that you were applying to, were they pharmacy based positions? They were yes. Oh, okay. Because what I was looking for was something. And this was before we decided that I could do the books for Baratech and that we could kind of um, pu put the puzzle pieces together that way. I was looking to stay in pharmacy um, for financial reasons, but find something that allowed me the flexibility to work from home um, and and that kind of thing. So, um, so there was that. There's um, the benefits that we got through my position were absolutely unbeatable um and we'll university. never find anything better than that yeah, the university really <laughs> really loops you in with those damn benefits yeah yeah so I mean but obviously we just found other avenues and it's fine it's just not as stellar as it was yeah. but um I'm trying to think there was something else that came to my mind as I was talking about some of these things um but well and I think you know we talked a little bit about stigma and of course I was thinking that as a, you know a career change too like what are people gonna think yeah if I just stop being a pharmacist that I went to school for um and actually you know this is so funny I um I talked to my mom pretty frequently um but I I felt like I had to like not get her permission, but just mm -hmm. like know that she was okay and aware of what was happening um, with me potentially leaving my job. I don't know why. It's probably just like a, <laughs> some, yeah, some kind of like mother, par parent, child relationship thing. But like, I just had to feel, know that she was okay with it, whether it's because she, you know, helped pay for my college or you know, she's a very successful businesswoman too. So to pursue something that's more creative, I think I just like wanted her approval. Yeah. So yeah, there were lots of things happening mm -hmm. in yeah. my brain. <laughs> I'm curious, did anyone, like, did you, so you were, there was a bit of that, like afraid of what people are going to say or think, what sort of things, if you can take yourself back there, were you afraid that people were going to say? Like, was it that, oh, wow, you, you are so privileged that you get to just like take pictures or, mm -hmm. um, like, are you having a midlife crisis or like, who are you to think that you can start a business? Like, what were some of those things? I don't know if you can take yourself back there. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Um, I definitely think the biggest voice in my head was like, do you think you're like an influencer? Like oh. other people are gonna like want to see your face and hear from you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like I it just like I love and admire people who are able to do that for their own business, but I was just worried that the people in my outer circle, I would say, the people in my inner circle, I know understand, but the people in my outer circle, I was like, are they just gonna think? you know, yeah. what the heck is she doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and it I took me some time. time. Yeah. 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 I, I still feel it sometimes. Yeah. I don't even have a business that I'm promoting. It's just like, you know, whether it's the podcast or just health mm -hmm. and fitness stuff, or mm -hmm. even when I talk about like, you know, anything like baby stuff on there, I'm like, who, are people going to think like, why am I coming on and talking to my phone? Like, yep. who are you this nearly 30 year old you know, showing up on social media. Like, yes. Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I still feel that probably on the daily, but then I'm also like the people who think that of me are not my people. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the people who love and support me and care about me, like love to see that. Mm -hmm. So, and it's easy to say, just don't worry about what other people think, but that's what I have to tell myself. It's like, those are not the people that matter. The people mm -hmm. that matter do want to see this and and know that it's partially going to support my business. But even if not, like that's how I'm communicating to people. That's how I'm like showing people what I care about. Um, and we've talked about this before. Like 
so what if I like myself and like the stuff that I have going on my with my life and want to like share it with the people around me? So what? Like, that's the point. Point of life. Yeah. Right. So change your mind, learn new things, change your opinion and like yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. Share about it if you want. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's a really important message because I have through like starting the podcast and stuff and you've probably gotten this with photography, I, I imagine, but I've had so many people that have reached out to me and just said like, I want to do this, but like, I'm nervous to show up on social media. And obviously we know that in order to promote anything this day and age, like you have to have a presence on social media. Um, And so I think it's important to just give people again, that permission. And it doesn't matter how old you are. um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how savvy or not savvy you are. Like there are some, there's someone somewhere that wants to hear what you have to say, whether you're talking about cleaning supplies or photography or coaching or like body image, like somebody somewhere wants to know what you have to say. Yep. And I think, so I actually had a good example of this happen. Um, It was a post I made just yesterday, actually. And um, I had done photos for um, a gal named Lisa. Um, She is like a corporate, um, she worked in the corporate world for a while, but like a corporate culture junkie, I think is what she calls herself. Like she just like loves taking all that in and learning. And then, um, just like sharing her knowledge with other leaders. So now she's like a speaker and motivational. Uh, She might take coaching clients. I don't know, but she does just a lot of speaking and stuff. She's great. Anyway, one of her taglines is um, make a ripple effect. Yes. And so I posted about that yesterday um, because one, I think it's just great for just life in general, like just kind of like a pay it forward, do positive things. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep going um, and have this ripple effect. But I've noticed um, in my business, I'm currently in the middle of launching something, which that is an emotional roller coaster. Plug it. Plug it. (laughs) So um, I'm launching my content collective, which is a brand photography membership. Um, And so throughout this, I have felt all of the feels. I have gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm going to quit. I'm not good at this. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I've gotten to points where I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I can't wait for like all this to come to fruition. But I was talking to my business coach about, you know, when I was really feeling low about it. Um, And then she's like, I'm just telling you, like, just keep going. Because if you have this momentum, things just for whatever reason keep happening and it builds and it builds and it builds. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Um, but I did, I just kept posting and kept talking about it, even though I felt like I'd talked about it at nauseum and people were starting to hate me for it. Um, and I started getting, getting these messages, like not only about what I was launching the content collective, but also just about other inquiries and other things and just general reach outs. And I was like, this is amazing. Like you need to just get over it and just do the thing. And then that's when things start to happen. Um, and this turned out to be a longer story than I thought. But anyway, I'm here for it. I made that post yesterday and I got um, a message this morning from somebody I didn't know. Um, she reposted my post and said, this message came at the perfect time. I've been wanting to start this page, this Instagram page for like the business she wants to start for the longest time. But I just, you know, never got around to doing it. And so, you know, here's to taking the first step and doing it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Like, first of all, I didn't think that many people saw that post. And second of all, like just to have one person be like, this is what I need to hear today was awesome. Yeah. It was such a good feeling. I think I just saw that this morning as I was pumping and eating at the same time. Um, (laughs) Is it the one I, I don't know her name, but something like helping lawyers connect and like, yes. And I guess that's who reposted it. Yeah. And what an amazing thing to inspire someone to kind of start doing like you didn't necessarily inspire the idea but such a need for connection and support support for other for lawyers again I don't know the ins and outs of what she does yeah Um, the fact that seeing your post was just kind of like the switch that that flipped everything like oh that's yeah I know it was just such a good feeling to have an impact on somebody else so Mm -hmm. yeah I love that. So everybody start talking on social media, share your ideas. <laughs> like yeah. someone, some, Why not? someone somewhere wants to hear them. And if it's not social media, like post it on a bulletin board outside the main library, you know, like do. Yep. Some- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love um, 
you so you also mentioned like age and like feeling like that has an effect on how you can show up um and I 100% had felt that and still feel that now I'm like I'm 37 which I know isn't like old by any means but a lot of people that do what I do are quite a bit younger than me Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, do people really like, you know, five, six, eight years from now, are people still going to want to like hear from me? Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. I think about that a lot. You're just so old than Randy. So old. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous saying it out loud. I realize that because that's not old either, right. but yeah, I just worry. I think just because social media is such like a younger demographic yes. um, is probably most of it. And I'm hoping that it kind of grows with me. I'll, I'm guessing like Instagram is like my bread and butter, whereas like TikTok and like, I don't even know, Visco, Vis- something, VSCO is like. I have no idea what standard. Like, I know yeah. it's, I know it's pictures, but yes. it's social media. I have no idea. That's a great question. <laughs> See, know. that's probably what's going to happen is like the younger generations are just going to shift to these other things that I don't even know about. So <laughs> like, I'll be fine. Sorry. How do you pronounce this one? <laughs> what's the acronym stand for? Yeah. Oh, I think that's a good point though. And I can also see how, because I've thought about that before too, even with like coaching, because well, in my current job, I love working with college students. And I think that they really jive with me because, I mean, I'm I'm young. I'm going to be yeah. in like a couple months, but they all think I'm like 25 or 23. Yep. Some of them are like, so what are you studying? I'm like, oh, honey. Thank oh, you. you're cute. <laughs> motherhood, actually. <laughs> um, but I wonder about that, too. I'm like, am I going to lose like that connection with them when I'm doing this as like a 40 year old, which, again, is not old by any means, but right. Are they going to be, you know, am I going to lose some of it? And so I've even thought about that too. Do I have to change like my target audience? Like, am I going to have to right. go somewhere else? Or, and I can see how even in a creative space, there's this idea that a younger generation has better, more newer, up and coming, innovative ideas. And so maybe that's kind of a stigma too with just like ageism that yeah. we lose that create creativity as we yep. age like that or it's no longer relevant that relevant creativity so um yeah that's that's interesting to to think about and um i'm also here for getting the older folk online more the older folk folk, like yeah well and one thing i've thought of too is like my business will probably change and morph over the years too like i could envision in I don't even know what time frame, but maybe doing more like mentoring or coaching to people who've been in the positions that I've been in. Um, which oh, that actually reminds me what I was trying to think of earlier is that when we're showing up on social media, sometimes we feel like, especially if we're promoting a business or trying to educate people, we're like, everybody already knows this, or they could Google it, or you know, you just feel like, what's the point? But if you think about it from your own standpoint, like we've gone to people on social media to look for answers and to learn from them. And what I found is like the people I learn best from or can relate to most are just one or two steps ahead of me Mm. because they've been where I've been fairly recently. They know what I'm going through. They got through it and they're not 10 or 20 steps ahead ahead of me where I can't even relate to them anymore because they're so, you know, and so- just remembering that there are people watching you that are one or two steps behind you that are looking up to you and learning from you. Even if you feel like you don't have shit to say, Mm. people are liking what you're saying and they're learning from it. Wow. That is so true. I'm having one of the, my mind blown moments. That is (laughs) incredibly true. And I think that how often do we seek out people who are 10 to 20 steps ahead of us because Mm -hmm. they are the expert, you know, they are so successful and I want to get there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, finding those people who are just a couple steps ahead of you and then remembering that you can be that person for somebody else. Like mm-hmm. that really, that is very helpful. Like that, yeah. that's a huge little mindset shift. Oh, just a little, little <laughs> I put little her hand sticking out there put her in a zero to three month and she's just swimming in it. But I put oh. her in her, a newborn, actually the onesie that she wore home from the hospital and it was too small. So Isn't that crazy. Yeah. 
yeah, sweet little mouth. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I really like that, and I think it's anytime that imposter syndrome kind of creeps in, reminding ourselves that there I am. I don't have to be ten to twenty steps ahead of anybody. I just have to be one to two steps ahead, and that's going to have a bigger impact potentially. So I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. So what resources or like supports did you utilize in order to make the transition? Because I know you mentioned like a business coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you get that early on? I did. I got it probably earlier on than maybe most people would. I don't know. I just, I had gotten a personal recommendation for this person um, that I use. Maddie Pashong is my coach. Um, She's a brand photographer and educator out of Sioux Falls, um, South Dakota. Oh, cool. And I love her. Like, I, I I need to look at my finances today, actually, to figure out how I can keep her because, like, she <laughs> guides me through all of the things. We're eating um, ramen for the next month so that mommy can pay her business coach. Basically, basically. Um, but that was a huge help for me um, in just, like, skipping a bunch of steps, essentially, just not spinning my wheels, you know, trying to figure out how to get to where I want to because I knew the niche I wanted to be in I knew I wanted to do brand photography and so I think that was a big help too um but but I would say the easiest resource for anybody would just be reaching out to the people you know um when I was first thinking about um leaving the university I and the timeline always gets a little jumbled in my head but you know I knew I had photography but I was like can I make it as a photographer, maybe I could find something that pays more that I could be employed by somebody, but not do pharmacy. So I was like looking at interior design, like can oh. I go back to school and Absolutely. just all this stuff. Um, but so I was looking at that stuff and I was reaching out to friends, like, do you have any ideas? Um, Erica actually was like, have you thought about like a virtual assistant or something like that? And so I explored that a little, um, And then I kind of, when I settled on, I do want to do photography. I think I want to do maybe like brand photography. This was also Erica, but just an example, like people in your circle know other people that can connect you. And she connected me to Jade Boyd, who is a brand photographer in the area. So I reached out to Jade and I was like, hey, can we just like grab coffee? And she like was so generous and just kind of told me about how she got into it, what she does. She gave me Maddie as a referral for a business coach. Um, And now I've collaborated with Jane on a few things. She's actually part of my content collective. Um, Yeah. So things have kind of like circle moment. Exactly. Full circle. Um, And so I think that was been the biggest resource is just like utilizing my people um, to, as my support, because they were like cheering me on and what I was doing um, and then making connections. And I think the support was the biggest thing that almost surprised me in a way. When I told people that I quit my job, I totally expected like, I'm so sorry, like, sorry to hear that. And every single person I told congratulated me. Oh <laughs> and God. I was just so blown away. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I <laughs> I love that that's the response you got. Yes. I love that. I had that conversation with um, a woman that I work close with. We're not in the same department, but we work in the same suite. And she's in a director level position. And she, she's since, I guess, since I've been on maternity leave, she's moved into a completely, like, started her own thing. It's called Mental Health First Aid. Um, yeah. So I don't know a ton about it. Feel free to Google it, peeps. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what she mentioned. And she was at, in her position for, I think, 18 years at the university. And wow. yeah, and she said the same thing. She goes, it's been so cool that when I tell people I'm leaving, I get congratulations and like, good for you for making the switch to find something more flexible that works for you and your family. And right. and I think she said what felt really good was hearing it from other women in similar positions as her. Like that mm-hmm. felt so supportive for her. So I love, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, looking back, one of my very first events that I went to as a photographer, like I was introducing myself as a photographer, which felt so weird at the time was, um, it was just a free like networking event. Um, it was put on by Blick and Call, which are like networking events about 
things happening in like the corridor area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went to that event and that was where I got like my first like congratulations. Um, but that's also where I felt super insecure, like introducing myself as a photographer and like telling people my story. Like I was a pharmacist and now I'm doing this creative <laughs> thing. Like, I don't know. I just felt like such a fraud for one, cause I was just starting and two, like for whatever reason, creative outlets aren't sometimes seen as like real jobs, yes. you know? versus something in healthcare so um and I still feel that a little a little bit from time to time you know people are still like how's your little hobby going (laughs) you know people that don't really know what's happening so um but yeah that that event just felt so good because even though I was feeling all those things inside everything coming to me was like congratulations that's so awesome and I actually made my first connection at that event and like booked a client from going to that event oh my so, god yeah I, and I mean I went scared I was nervous as hell but I went and it was awesome so. that, is, that is so cool so the biggest thing it sounds like is reaching out to kind of your network and finding mm-hmm. connections through the people that you already know mm-hmm. um and I like that too like looking at looking at events in the area too, because I know that we're really lucky where we live. There's a ton of different, basically anything you want to do, you can find an event for it. Um, But even for folks in other areas, like getting on Facebook and scrolling through the event page or Googling Mm -hmm. it, whatever it is. So I, yeah, I think that's, um, that's really helpful. But, but I also think if you are someone who doesn't feel like you have anybody around you, you probably do one, but I think that that could also be where you leverage social media and find somebody that is one to two steps ahead of you and reach out to them. And I don't know, maybe they'll be like, no, I'm not going to talk to you for free. Or maybe they'll be like Jade and they will be more than happy to, you know, help a a fellow entrepreneur out or like a, you know, whatever it might be. So yeah, that's really love it. Yeah. I love finding people that like believe in the community over competition and just like sharing um I mean Jade I'm just gonna love on Jade for a second we're also both members of Empower Her um and she is no longer a photographer she's pivoted into like um, business coaching and so she just has given me all of her stuff for free (laughs) like she's just like take all of these things that I could probably spend hundreds of dollars on and she just gives it to me so yeah just finding people that are like that in your corner and you know, I didn't have some of those people to start, but I found them through connections and talking with other people. And yeah, I just got to say like, hashtag women supporting women, like there might be dudes listening and maybe, or maybe a listener is going to connect with a dude, but like women supporting women. I love Mm -hmm. that. Like that's absolutely it (laughs) for it. Um, one final question for you. What advice would you, I mean, I feel like you've given, again, I told you this is kind of like a selfish episode. Like I, I've been wanting to pick your brain on this for so long, (laughs) but great people, I'm not getting into photography. (laughs) Um, But what advice would you give for someone who is maybe wanting to make a big career change like you did, like from pharmacy to photography or, you know, I don't know, whatever, some sort of big Mm -hmm or just wanting to I guess I feel like make any career change or maybe get into starting their own thing like what's what would your big pieces of advice be um I would say you know getting out of your own way Mm. for me that was the biggest thing is just like um, my mindset like I'm not a failure because I don't want to do this anymore um and being happy in your day-to-day is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could do a whole episode on how much happier I am now compared to then just – even though I, I feel busier now than I was, like, the it's just incredible. But anyway, getting out of your own way so that you can experience that is, um, I would say, the biggest thing. But um, – and honestly, finding a safe person – maybe within the job you're in now to like talk, talk about this with. Um, I had a couple people that I felt safe enough in my old position to have these conversations with and like what I was feeling. One of them was a coworker and she's a great friend of mine. And so I obviously felt safe with her and I knew she was having similar feelings. Um, 
but like I had a prior supervisor manager who, you know, I didn't tell him I'm thinking about leaving because I wasn't truly at the time, but I felt safe enough with him to express like, I would really love to have the opportunity someday to like work from home a little bit or have more flexibility. And I didn't get the pushback that I got from other Mm -hmm. Um, managers and supervisors it was a very I absolutely understand that I would love to offer you that at some point and ironically enough he ended up leaving the university and then after I left he reached out to me on LinkedIn and I ended up working with him for a couple months because he remembered that I wanted flexibility and to work from home and he offered me a job doing just that so I actually worked as a pharmacist for a couple months um, remotely with him Um, And that was amazing. Um, And then utilizing your support system, um, like I said, one, to make the connections and and get your business started or finding another job or whatever, Um, but also just having people like in your corner Mm -hmm. uh, telling you that it's okay to do something that you feel nervous about or scared about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Gerald, my husband, he's, he's my, he's my money guy. So he was the one telling me like financially, yes, we can do this. But also, you know, he was like, if you are not happy, you need to do something different. We will figure it out. It, you know? And so I think that made a world of difference too. Like, I didn't feel like I was disappointing my family Mm -hmm. or letting them down. Like I felt like I had their support to pursue what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think those are, those are going to be your biggest superpowers is getting your mindset in the right place and then having the people in your corner to help you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the connections. Mm-hmm. I like too that you mentioned like with Gerald, he's the practical, but in that case, cause I can relate to that with Tyler, mm-hmm. but also having somebody who is, you know, the emotional side too, where it's like yep. for, for you, Gerald was that person. And I can see Tyler doing that too, because as our husbands, you know, and right. But I think that's a really good point is you don't want to completely dismiss the practical side of things, right? Like maybe crunch some numbers or think about, you know, what is it going to take to start this? And do I have the time and the energy to Mm -hmm. devote to that? And also having those people who are like, you deserve happiness and you deserve a career that you look forward to every day. So I think, yeah, finding those people. um, And again, whether that's in person, like your close connections, hopefully you have some of those people or it's connecting somehow with people online. Um, the p- power of people, like people are just mm-hmm. really important to surround yourself with, with good people. Like we need. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I feel bad that I can't speak more to like the logistics of, and like the financial, like all of that stuff, just cause again, I was so fortunate not to have to worry about that a ton. Um, but you know, there are people out there who will, you know, if you have close connections that you can talk about these financial things with great, but there are also, you know, business coaches that you don't have to hire for months and months and months. You can do like a one hour call with somebody Mm -hmm. to just talk through things. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually that's going to come at at a price of some kind, but it's usually going to be worth it for you to like get that peace of mind if you don't have somebody um that you feel like you can talk through that stuff with um in your circle like there's people out there that that love to talk numbers and mm-hmm. um help you kind of figure out is this something I can do so I remember um back before I did GTB Academy um I was really thinking about starting to do like part-time coaching on my own with mm-hmm. you know continue my full-time job that I'm currently in and uh Tyler and I we went out to eat and I didn't know it but he showed up with um a pen and paper and he was like okay so how much are you going to offer you know for a 30 minute session 60 minute session uh-huh. how are you going to act you know all of these things and I was like dude I just need to like talk more about it on social media and he's like like he just has more of that, which he has an MBA and he's newer, but, um, having somebody to like ask those questions, because I think for, and maybe this is, I mean, I think potentially for some creatives, or I know for a lot of like coaches like me who I'm a people person, I am not a numbers in science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love jiving with you, Randy. Um, (laughs) we are opposites attracting when it comes to that, at least, but 
having someone that's going to ask the things that like maybe your brain doesn't naturally think of. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they could be in one of two buckets where they're very, very good with the numbers and they think about that. And that's what maybe attracts them to becoming an entrepreneur, knowing that like I can have more time and make more money doing this or they are more on the creative side and they're like, I don't want to be tied down by a corporation and they might not be as numbers oriented like myself so, yeah, <laughs> having someone that can balance you out and yeah you know jive with that and talk through it I think can be really helpful and if you happen to share um you know a home with them and a child and dog <laughs> life it's really great because you don't have to worry about paying right right <laughs> awesome. yeah well I again I just I love this conversation so much I love the transition that you made and i don't know if it's okay to say it i know sometimes when we like call people brave for doing certain things it's like we shouldn't do that but i think it's really courageous and brave to make the switch um yeah i just i i love that you share your your story and how you made the switch and i think a lot of people will resonate with it and hopefully um we'll be seeing even more faces on social media um yeah once once we get the word out about it that's right I love to see it. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of GTB and um, listening to us chat all about making the transition between careers. Hopefully you all are feeling inspired and empowered because I know I am. Um, We will see you back here soon when, not sure, episodes might be a little bit sporadic (laughs) with the babe, but um, hopefully become a little bit more normal as this becomes a little bit more normal. So (laughs) thank you for tuning in and we will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, head on over to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Give Them the Bird podcast to stay up to date with all things GTB. We'll see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.